Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Friday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke, your Wolf. What's up, Wolf? Man, how you doing, Luke? Little jacked up, of course. Something we were just talking about momentarily. This is this is Championship Weekend. This is a football Friday, and Championship Weekend looms, does it not? The AFC Championship game, the NFC Championship game, the brutality awaits. And every time I think of the brutality awaiting. It gets the hair up on the back of my neck. It does. I was just telling you, I, I'm, I'm 60 and so old, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I thought it was slim it's down just, in 60 or 60 and savage, not yeah, well, 60 no, and so you know old. What, that's right. Okay. You know what? 60 and savage <laughs> is, is starting to rear its head on this Friday. The Savage is this, winning over the 60. Championship Friday right now. I've never played in a playoff game. <laughs> Hear me well when I say this. But the game of football is the game of football. And I don't care if you were in a preseason game. The fact that you could go ahead and tap into the rage tree, if you will, and drive somebody into the ground against their will. <laughs> Hit them right in the face. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that a bloody lip? Um, you know, I, and it was okay. It was it was encouraged. It was what you were supposed to Did do. Anybody what a beautiful thing that was. Imagine man. Wolf before a playoff game. <laughs> like, let's say Wolf was in the AFC cha- or the NFC Championship. I, I, yeah. Like in the hours leading up to that, you would have been. Would you have been any different, or would it have been the same as week oh, two of the season? No, I, I honestly like to say that I approached every game the exact same way because it wasn't a game; it was a test to me. So that's what I'd like to say, but man, if you were playing in the Super Bowl yeah. or an NFC champion, AFC championship game, are you a playoff game? One and done. You win, you go on, you lose, you're done. I, I would have loved to have experienced that, and I'm sure you felt it. Anybody would feel it. We'll get into that a lot. I'm admittedly a little on edge because it feels like Cardinals news should be coming down here at some point. Uh, it doesn't have to be today. But what else is going on? Like now you're just making a decision, yeah. right? Are we really going to see many more interviews, any more interviews scheduled? So we'll get into that. But we got to start with the Phoenix Suns last night, Wolf. They go out there, and I guess you can look at this game one of two ways. You can look at it and say, okay, they played Dallas, and it wasn't a blowout. Because for whatever reason, (laughs) the last four meetings with Dallas looked like they were going to be blowouts. Three of them were, and then the other one, the start of this season, the uh, the Suns rallied from a big halftime deficit and won. Last night, it was just kind of back and forth. You know, Luka gets hurt. The Suns obviously playing without Booker, and they end up losing a game that in the final seconds, it felt like they were going to have a chance to win. Yes. So how do you feel about that right now? Because I'm not feeling very good about last uh, you night's know, game. Honestly, how I'm feeling is, how could you not stop Spencer Dinwiddie? <laughs> Nothing against Spencer Dinwiddie, who's a right. good player. but Right. He is a good player. He's a good player. But there was He's a point in this game player. where he was really their only really good player. You know what I mean? Like, they're not a bad team, but you're used to playing Dallas when they have Luka. Luka played three minutes last night. 
You're telling me at some point you couldn't just be like, okay, everything we were going to do to lock down Luca, we're not going to throw all of that at Spencer Dinwiddie, but we're going to be able to stop Spencer Dinwiddie. He's not going to score 36. Unfortunately, that was not. No, that that was not what happened last night, of course. And uh, to your question right there, this was a game where DeAndre Ayton should have gone off, you would imagine. I... Just watching the game, I think we all felt this was this was DA's game. He's back. He he's got to be rested, of course. Yes, he's only played in three of the last what seventeen games or no three games in seventeen days, ladies and gentlemen. Three games in seventeen days going into last night. He should have been well rested. You would have thought, yeah. right? ready to go, even though he's coming off an illness. And uh, you know, what? It, it wasn't like he didn't play okay he did <laughs> that's the start of every deandre Ayton segment it's right? not like he had a bad it's, game he didn't have a bad game he didn't he he had a good game see and that's it because i i think the more and more we see the more and more we know that deandre Ayton is a good player he's not a great player well i'm gonna go We'll get into DA later on in the show. I, I'm I'm going to give him a little bit of grace this one time because he was coming off the uh, the the illness. But at that rebound at the end of the game, come on, man, just get the rebound. It's yeah, like, but it's it, the it fundamentals. It, does, it doesn't it's, guarantee that they win, but just get yeah, the rebound. Come on, no, yeah. absolutely. Every, everything you wanted in that situation happened, and it looked like it was only DA in the ball, and then somebody else comes away with the uh, the rebound. Here's Chris Paul after the game. Uh, I think I talk about that a lot as far as turnovers, but looking at this, we. Only had seven. You know, I think coach was more speaking about uh, something that I think that we harp on day in and day out, constantly talking about um, uh, situational awareness, which is. Excuse me, when you watch games night in and night out in this league, you just, those in the game plays right there decide a lot of games. And it's hurt us in the past, and we just got to be better. It really didn't hurt them last year. Remember, they were the team in the final five minutes. If the game was close, you're just going to lose to the Suns. Now, if you were worried that Chris Paul and Monty Williams weren't on the same page for whatever reason, Monty Williams' postgame sounded a lot like Chris Paul. Just situational awareness. and Like I told the guys, every possession has to be important to us. I didn't think it was important tonight across the board. I thought our bench came in with very little awareness of the game plan. We made a few subs. I made a few subs. And the energy went. Focus went. And then in that situation, it was not um, as important to us as it was to them to get the ball. Period. 11 points off the bench. Yeah, I was going to say, what bench, Monty? I didn't notice a bench last night. Wow. Yeah, 11 points off the bench. And situational awareness, that is something that, I, I love that term, right? They're obviously a term that a lot of pilots in the military use, our Air Force, of course. Situational awareness. Fighter pilots have got to have situational awareness. And your best players... I don't care what sport you're talking about. That's a great thing about it, Luke. Hockey, baseball, uh, basketball, football, doesn't matter. Situational awareness is so critical. And good players, great players, have that situational awareness. You they know what's going on. never see a team win a championship with bad situa- situational awareness. Now, look, the Suns had bad situational awareness last night, and I get that Monty Williams hasn't liked the level it's been at this year, probably because he's comparing it to last year. They can fix that, because we've seen them finish the games as, as one of the best teams in the league the way they did it last year. But I'm just saying, in general, if you don't have good situational awareness in the playoffs, you're not winning a championship. Yes. You're just not. 
Yes. Any sport. And for me, situational awareness is a complete understanding of what it is you're doing and how you're going to do it. <laughs> that is it. It is you, you have to know what it is, what's going on, whatever the paradigm is that you're going to step into, the situation, whatever it is. You have to know what it is, and then you have to know how to do something inside that paradigm of what. It's very similar to strategy and tactics. It is. But it's knowing all of it. It's knowing simultaneously absorbing the strategy, which is the what, and, of course, the tactics, which is how, and being able to regurgitate it. And that, to me, is is something that is innate. It is with great players. And I think that's what Monty's talking about. We'll say this before we hit the break. Another really good game from Cam Johnson. 8 of 12, 5 of 7 from 3, 22 points in 33 minutes. Three of his four games since he has come back, he has been really, really good. Yeah, Cam is. It's so good to see that as well. You know, that that is one of the moral victories you can take, one of the little things you can take from last night's game and say, yeah, that's great. Yeah, you lost the game to the Mavericks. I'm sick of losing to Dallas. I am. It sucks buttermilk. But you know what? Cam Johnson had a really good game again. That's going to help the Suns in the long run. Uh, We are less than three weeks away from Super Bowl 57 and Bud Light. FanDuel and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person, so text SUPER to 620-620 to register. Listen for your name starting February 6th. You can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl, plus you will win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. So text SUPER to 620-620. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. When we come back, Sean Payton had his interview with the Cardinals yesterday. So what is the likelihood the Super Bowl winning coach would get this gig? We'll get into that next. Something's going to have to happen here at some point. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Sean Payton. Update. 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 Well, let's see. Wolf, the um, interview ended. Sounded like it went about seven hours. Seven hours. What seven would ish? you talk about for seven hours? I mean, maybe he had, we said yesterday, maybe they asked one question about what he would do to this offense, and then he went off for six and a half hours, and then they were like, Sean, let's get lunch, and then it was time to leave. Yeah. I would say the fact they met for seven hours is a positive. <laughs> I'm going to put that, that in the positive, in the positive category. <laughs> Why would you meet with somebody and you you weren't liking what was going on for, for seven hours? Look, this I know I said this yesterday, but I think it even fits more now with Dan Quinn announcing he's going back to Dallas and staying in his role there. Doesn't this feel like the 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 point in time where it's the most realistic Sean Payton could become a Cardinal? This whole time, the last three months, people have been talking about it. I've just kind of, for a while, I was like, well, they're not going to blow out the GM and the coach. So Sean Payton's not going to want to come here. And then there was this and there was that. Okay, well, yeah, they're they're not even interviewing him. And then it was, ask for permission, but then they don't say anything up. And then they said something. And now we get to the point where it seems like it's either the Cardinals, maybe the Broncos, or going back to television for Sean Payton. And the fact that the Cardinals met with him for as long as they did, and it was yesterday, it wasn't a week and a half ago. I don't know. I would just say at this point right here on January 27th, (laughs) this is the the first time I've truly felt like it was likely, not likely, but the most likely that it could actually happen. Yeah. 
I, I think the odds, what do the Vegas odds say right they now? Can't Command and control, up. can you actually get on that? Because that, that'd be interesting. Because I feel what you're saying. Right now, at this point of the entire coaching search, it seems like Sean Payton is a viable option yeah. for the Arizona Cardinals. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. No, but this is the best time it for just, it to feel like a viable option. <laughs> but it's going, it feels really good right now, Luke. It does. Um, it kind of feels like when you put a mouth guard in, and you, you'll never understand this unless you actually play the game of football or have put a mouth guard in before and put a helmet on and run at your opponent like high speed and hit him right in the face going 100 miles an hour. It feels so good. It hurts, and yet it feels so good. Um, you're kind of getting that feeling with the Sean Payton situation right now because it could hurt. This could this could be really yeah. And now if it hurts, really you don't get bad. Dan Quinn either. So <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and it, you know, I but the Brian Flores possibility is still out there, and I I I haven't dismissed that Vance Joseph either. I haven't dismissed either of those guys. Tell me who's going to be able to reach Kyler Murray the best? Is it going to be Vance because of the relationship that he has, or is it going to be? Brian Flores, somebody who's an outsider. You know who knows all this stuff better? Michael Bidwell and the Cardinals, because they're sitting in that room talking to these gentlemen. It's going to feel, and I know this isn't fair, but it's going to feel really anticlimactic after all of this if they go with Vance Joseph. And I'm not just saying because he's not you're qualified right, to just do it. because you're looking at the outside. Somebody's coming in here, and he, let's face it, uh, the grass is always greener on the other well, side. Well, it's different too. It's not like the Cardinals have. It, it, this isn't when Bruce Arians left, right? No, everything's going great. And okay, well, let's promote from within. Let's keep this going. You're trying to distance yourself in every possible way you can from last season. Now, again, I'm not saying Vance Joseph was the source of the right, problem, right? And I do think he deserves an NFL head coaching gig here at some point. But it's going to feel anticlimactic the way this has all played right. out. Oh, okay, we're looking. We're, they talked to like eight different guys, right? Okay, well, all of a sudden, Brian Flores seems like a great contender. Oh, Dan Quinn. Uh, the the buildup for Dan Quinn over the last three days, just for him to go back to Dallas, is mystifying. And then all of a sudden, you're interviewing Sean Payton. And it seems like it's it's either the Cardinals or television. And then you're going to come out and be like, okay, we're sticking with who we had the whole time. Yes. So I do have those odds for you. Oh, you do. Um, to become the Cardinals' next head coach, Brian Flores is minus one twenty five. Okay. Sean Payton is plus 150. Okay. And then the next closest would be Vance Joseph as plus 350. Okay, okay. so that's pretty. That's two pretty significant favorites over everybody else, Flores or Payton. There it is right there. <laughs> and look, I'd be wow. happy with either one of them. But at this point, I think it kind of got lost in the shuffle of all this. If you get Sean Payton, that's still the home run hire. It's not about winning the offseason, and that would win you the offseason. But can you imagine the excitement in this city how quickly it would get juiced back up for the Cardinals. Yes. Um, it was interesting because, did you see the video? Who was it? Cam Cox? Cam. Cam Cox, right? He's out there. Channel 12, Cam Cox. Google it, my young crunks. There's Cam. Great guy. He's out there, and he's filming Michael Bidwell. <laughs> Do you see it? Oh, Sean yeah, Payton? I saw it. Yeah. Come walking out of the facility, of course, after like seven hours of meeting, and get in the car. How long was Cam out By the out way, there? that was a nice ride, man. I don't know what that 
that was, Michael, but that kind of was a nice ride that I saw, at least. Ken, suddenly they got in there and drove away. <laughs> Did you think that was odd? <laughs> if, if you weren't going to hire the guy, I don't know. It just you, Would you really leave in the same vehicle? <laughs> well, do you just think they're saying. just going to tell him to go outside and then lock the door? Like, sorry, we're not hiring you. They're well, still going to drive him back to the airport or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, I don't I, think I Michael Bidwell's driving Sean Payton to the airport, See, though. and that's what, I, that's what I thought. Because didn't they arrive in an SUV? <laughs> and didn't it look like Sean Payton was with another person? And then when they left, it was just him and Michael? How there do you, you, you know all this? You were here yesterday. How did you see all this? There's, there, this it's called Twitter. Oh, really? Right? Tell me about Twitter. Right. Well, okay. well yeah, right. It's I'm called Twitter. You. Let it's me ca- tell you, It's the Luke, way you said about it. Twitter. It's not, hey, go check out Twitter. It's called Twitter, Luke. <laughs> everybody's doing it. Yes. Well, he tweeted it out, right? Cam tweeted that thing out. There it is. Look, everybody. It's Cam, and he's filming it. You know, it's, but it just seemed a little, I, I don't know. Odd to me. I'll tell you Why would you just, you know, okay, that's it, Sean. Thank you so much, man. I know it's not going to work. And there had to be some lingering goodness the thing, there. It's open-ended. That, right. Yes. There had to be some lingering so goodness. So what is happening right now? <laughs> Can we just get an answer on know. what's happening right but, okay, now? Because you're not interviewing anybody else. Okay, but stop and think about it. Maybe, you know, you're sitting here and you're negotiating. That's what's going on. You're negotiating. Let's, because yesterday would have been, hey, listen, we're, we're not going to talk about the money. Right. We're not going to talk about your contract. Let's talk about the possibilities that are out there right now. Let's talk about what you would do. Let's have this interview and take the money out of the equation right now, because we all know what you want, Sean. We all know what you're going to get. So let's just take that out of the equation right now. Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you, you think Sean is going to hold back no, information I just, I, because I think, he really doesn't think he's going to get the offer from the Cardinals? I, I don't believe that. I think, well, first of all, I got like nine audio cuts I want to play here, but I think it's 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 going to be like that scene from Jerry Maguire where Rod Tidwell calls him and it's just like, show me the money. Like, he just keeps scree- screaming, show me the it's, money over and over again see, into the phone. See, today, that's what's happening, I think. Yes, that's, that's today. I could be so far off on this. There could be people that know what's going on who are just rolling laughing hysterically as I say this but for me today this morning is when you're really going to get down to the nitty gritty as to whether or not Sean you're going to be in or you're going to be out yeah this isn't something you let linger for a week and you're like well hey what about Sean remember Sean Payton when he came in he was kind of a cool guy <laughs> he was good I liked yeah, him he seemed to know some things about football here's Larry Fitzgerald he knows some things about football he was on with Bickley and Murata this morning I mean like you know I, I, I played for Coach Frank Wright you know really really like Coach Wright obviously Dan Quinn has had success at a, at a very high level um, you know so I mean I, those guys are both um, you know off, off the board as you would say like to me it's, it's really it's, it's a no brainer I mean if you if if you really want to build the foundation for success for, for a very long time, I mean, Sean Payton has done that um, for quite a while in, in New Orleans and, and years before then. He's a he is a um, he's a franchise changing aspect, right? Um, and yeah, he's he's going to be expensive. You have to get compensation up to New Orleans Saints, but like if you're trying to change. Um, 
you know, the conversation. You know, he's he's the guy that, you know, had the ability to do that. All right, here's one more from Larry Fitzgerald on with Bickley and Murata. Look what he did for Drew Brees, you know, when he came to New Orleans, turned, turned him into, I mean, Drew Brees turned himself into a Hall of Famer, but under the tutelage of, of Sean Payton, right, um, in terms of him drafting, you know, great, talented players, not only drafting them, but developing them, right? You know, you hear a lot of people talk about Sean Payton, his ability to develop talent, you know, guys that you haven't heard of from smaller schools, being able to develop those, develop coaches, um, you know, so he, he checks a lot of boxes, you know, when, when you're talking about somebody who can change the fortunes of an organization. Sold. Right? I mean, that's Larry Fitzgerald piling on, too, yeah. of how <sighs> there's a lot to talk about there. Yes. Because the bottom line is, if you really want to change the conversation, you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. It's not just people that are going to come in and change everything just walking down the street like, oh, I'll coach the Cardinals. Do you think he said that to Michael Bidwell? I think if Michael Bidwell calls him, he will say it. And then he'll say, hey, Michael, when are we starting a pickleball team? I would not be surprised. This is getting interesting. Yes. The whole Sean Payton thing now is not just like crazy speculation and, and overreacting during the season. This is like an actual possibility. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, who or what will be the tipping point this weekend in the conference championship games? We'll tell you next with a round of Fulcrum football. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona's sports. It's part of the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win. Who or what is the tipping point? That's going to be key to our success. This is Fulcrum Football with Wolf and Luke. Yes, Fulcrum Football Championship Weekend Edition. Wolf. So here's the rules. It's making me a little melancholy, Basonians. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you that. Of course not. Man, it is football Friday for championship weekend. We got not one, we got two games. Two games, the AFC and the NFC championship game. Four teams remain. Man, it feels good. The brutality just hours away now. Feels good, but it's also a reminder the football season is almost over. And as, as brutal as this season was locally still hate the end of football season. Yeah. And this is like, the Super Bowl is its own thing, and that's great, obviously. It's Super yeah. Bowl. This is like the last weekend you can watch a game and know there's still another game coming on after it. Oh, look, the coin flip. Oh, look, you won. Okay. So we get to pick from any of the four teams. Doesn't have to be the best players. It just has to be who's going to swing these games for better or for worse. Okay, let's see, ladies and gentlemen. My first Fulcrum football player has got to be Trent Williams. Cannot win with him. I want winners. Oh, you can win with Trent Williams now. Are you kidding me? Trent Williams. Of course, the left tackle for the San Francisco 49ers. The Eagles edge, ladies and gentlemen, is as good as it gets. Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick. Here we go. Brock Purdy is going to need time to throw the ball, and Trent Williams is the tip of that spear. Protecting Brock Purdy is going to be Trent Williams. It's critical he gets that kind of protection against the Eagles' pass rush. That, to me, could swing that game. In a gross simplification of the truth, that could swing the game, depending on how Trent Williams holds up. He's the best in the business. If he gets beat, 
everybody's going to get beat. All right, I'm going to try and go rapid fire so we can get through a few rounds. But I'm thinking similarly to the way you're thinking, Wolf. And I'm just going to take this player because it, it on some level pains me to see him having the season that he's having with the team he's having. But I will go with Hassan Reddick. And we are ready for Philly, Philly, Dilly, Dilly. <laughs> I love it. I, love it. <laughs> I have no idea why Command and Control played that. All right, I'm going with Hassan but it's Reddick. But st- it was pretty funny. Okay, Hassan Reddick. Hassan it, Reddick. Do you care to elaborate at all, or well, shall I'm, I go I next? Mean, look, if, if, he, if that Eagles pass rush, that, that's where I'm kind of leaning Eagles is because everything else, as good as the 49ers are, and I do actually think they're better, but I just think the Eagles are kind of in a spot where they can score, but they can also get to the quarterback, and Hassan Reddick is right at the top of that list. Oh, really oh okay, I love that right there. Nice Hassan, what a good dude he is, too. Love you, Hassan. Man, that dude balls out. Okay, um, my second fulcrum football player, Joe Mixon. Oh! We got, we got over and 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 over again. Yeah, baby, yes! That is the mood that I'm in right there, Marshawn. Well said, my brother. Yeah, Joe Mixon, the Chiefs' defense is better against the run, but it's still their issue. It is. It's still their issue, man. The Bengals can run the ball and have run the ball against the Chiefs in the past. And Joe Mixon will be right in the middle of that truth, ladies and gentlemen. The Chiefs tackling also has been atrocious in those games that they have played. And tackling Mixon and Samaje Pirine, that's, that's going to be a tough task. Joe Mixon is my second fulcrum football player. Uh, I'm going to go over to the AFC game as well and try to avoid taking quarterbacks. So I'm going to take the guy that really is the reason the Chiefs won last week and probably will have to be the reason the Chiefs win this week. I'll go with Travis Kelsey. We had to fight for a right to party! Kick it! Yeah, look, Wolf, I mean, I don't have to speak on the importance of Travis Kelsey, but if you go back to last week, if he doesn't do what he does early in that game, I don't know that they even beat Jacksonville. And Cincinnati is clearly better than Jacksonville, so while the Chiefs don't have, like, a clear number one receiving option that they consistently go to in terms of actual wide receivers, in a close game, you know if Cincinnati's up by four with (laughs) a minute left, most of that drive is going to be Travis Kelsey at the end. Boy, that is a good one right there, Travis Kelsey. Um, Okay, so in light of that, my third fulcrum football player coming up for championship weekend, Jason Kelsey. (laughs) Test your luck. Back-to-back Kelseys? This is unheard of. This is, uh, why not? Let's go with it. Jason Kelsey, the center for the Philadelphia Eagles, of course. One of the best running teams in the league. They got the best offensive line in the league, and yet they are going up against the best rush defense in the league. Here it is, Basedonians. The proverbial unstoppable force meets the immovable object. Something has got to give. Isn't that right, Jason Kelsey? And it's going to be Jason Kelsey and company that can make that happen or not for the Philadelphia Eagles. Think of this. Think of this just for a second. I know I'm riffing on this. 
But think of the psychological damage a team might suffer if they have been one of the best teams in the league at doing something or stopping another team from doing something, and then suddenly, when you need it the most, you can't do it. Can you imagine how difficult that is and how damaging psychologically that would be on the collective level? Yes, I watched Game 7 of Suns Mavericks last year. There you go. Exactly right. Let's say you were really good at running the ball. Your your rushing attack has always been the beating heart of what you do. And suddenly, you can't do it anymore. Uh Uh-oh. Can you taste that? Because Jason Kelsey can, and he's my third Fulcrum football player. I was trying to see if there's a third Kelsey out there I could draft, but there is not. So, I'll go back to the uh, NFC game, and I will take Christian McCaffrey. That's why they're called the 40 whiners, because they're always whining about something. I I think the San Francisco's path to winning that game... They're going to get taken a little out of their comfort zone. They definitely could still do this. But I think they're going to have to score. Like, you don't typically go into a game as the 49ers. Oh, we have to score a lot. They're going to have to score at least mid-20s. I don't know that you can grind out the sort of game they did uh, this past weekend over the Cowboys. And to do that, Christian McCaffrey is obviously the wild card. So I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. Okay, that is your fourth right there. No, that is is your third right there. Can I just throw in Chris Jones quickly? Can I just say Chris Jones, the Chiefs, they got a guy that is capable of becoming the most dominant force in the football universe, man. You like never have a sack in the playoffs or something? It's, it's the weirdest this is stat where ever. Chris Jones, guess what? They need you to disrupt that rushing attack of the Bengals and get in the face of Joe Burrow. Chris Jones, you're all that. You're the three technique. You're the most dominant force in the football universe and you got all that ability. Are you going to use it? All right, well, then I'm going to take Fred Warner so we at least have even. There you go. I don't think I have to explain why on him. All right, that was Fulcrum Football. Four-time Super Bowl champion and NFL legend Rob Gronkowski is bringing the Gronk Beach to Talking Stick Resort on February 11th. Gronk will bring his infamous end zone dance moves along with hip-hop star 21 Savage, Lil Jon, and much more. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets and complete event details. All right, when we come back, how badly do the Phoenix Suns miss Jay Crowder? Well, one of them said last night they missed Jay Crowder. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, the game last night did not go according to plan, Wolf, against the Dallas Mavericks. Suns get their winning streak snapped, and, and what's worse, it's a loss to the Mavericks, right? It's not, it's not the fact that they took a loss. You don't have to win 20 in a row. It's, it's go ahead and start another one up this weekend. Without Luka Doncic. Without Luka Doncic. Played three minutes. Three minutes of Luka, which, by the way, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but the Mavericks are a lot more palatable to watch when Luka's not out there. I know. However, it's a lot more frustrating when you lose to the Mavericks when Luka's not out there, because at least as much as I know nobody here likes Luka, at least when you lose to the Mavericks and Luka goes off for 48 points, you're like, well, I, I, can, I can do the math. I can understand why we lost. Spencer Dinwiddie had 36 points last night, but it was actually the stuff after the game, Wolf, that was uh, interesting comments here by Chris Paul, talking about... Jay Crowder, and I don't, I don't think he like initiated this. Obviously, I was just going to say before you actually fire this thing off, Luke. Do you know what the question was to Chris Paul? I think the question might be in this cut. 
maybe not. Um, I don't know. I'm just gonna That's play. Okay. It. Let's, let's see. I, I don't. I don't know. I wasn't. I didn't ask the question. Jay nine nine. Uh, I miss him. I miss him. There ain't no secret about it. You know, uh, it's one of our brothers. You know what I mean. I I came here with Jay. <laughs> you know, so um, hope he good. Nine nine, you out there? I hope you good. But you know, it's it's a business. It's the league. You know, it is what it is. By the side of the league, you've seen everything at this point. I understand Jay's got his own thing he's gone through. Absolutely, but you got to interview Jay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, like, that's that's my dog for life. Yeah. Regardless, whatever going on, it's it's always going to be love here with me and Nana. But yep. the political situation, the business situation with him is separate from not having him on the floor. That ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's my teammate. That is so well played right there by Chris Paul. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He knows. knows This guy's a smart guy. That's why I'm saying I don't think – I didn't hear the initial question, but based on the context of the follow-up questions, I don't think Chris Paul went up there and was like, all right, before we talk about the game, I miss Jay Crowder. You know what I mean? I think he was kind of led into that. And he knows how to handle himself because he's been doing this for 15-plus years. Yeah, okay, the second question that I have right now is, do you think he's being sincere? Yeah, I – Chris Paul's good at, at speaking median, but I don't think he's really lied to us too much. I, I think he's being totally sincere. Yeah, I think in typically regard to him missing nine nine. There's no reason for him to say it if he doesn't. You know what yeah. I mean? He could just do the standard personality lists. Um, you know, we're just going to hear to talk about the players that are here. You can yes. go with that canned answer. He didn't do that. Who but, else misses nine nine? Well, Mikael Bridges. <laughs> you control rates. Right, right I mean, I, I, how there. many times this season have we been like, just come back and play? Yes. This is going to go down as one of the weirdest chapters in Phoenix Suns history, isn't it? It's, it's just bizarre. It is beyond bizarre right now. I, I, We've talked about it so many times, but to hear Chris Paul, I, I when, when I hear Chris Paul, ladies and gentlemen, say something, especially as it pertains to the, to, to the game of basketball, um, I put so much stock in that. It's Chris Paul that's saying that. It, it's Chris Paul. It's, it's, there are guys that are respected in a locker room, my brothers, and then there are guys that are respected in a locker room, brothers, if you know what I mean. And Chris Paul is the latter. He's one of those guys. It, it, it's like Zoe. You know how much we all love Zoe. When Zoe comes in here and says something, yeah, you, you, you know. You listen, you listen yeah. to it. You know, Zoe is he's one. And why is that? Why? Because you know who he is as a person. Because he's I built feel, that reputation exactly, over the years. Exactly. I feel like I know who he is. Therefore, if something comes out of his mouth that is a recommendation, man, it, it boom. That, that's like the Brian so, Flores thing a couple weeks ago when when Zoe exactly, came in and signed off on exactly him. You were like, right, "All right, man, man, that's that's right." Okay, so Chris Paul's the same way, and, and when I hear him say that, I you know, okay, what else is he gonna say? But at the same time, I think he's being sincere, it's, and that matters. Sounds like the question was, "How much did you miss Crowder in this one after the game?" That's what that's what oh, now, see, triggered that answer right there. I'd love to know in this one, meaning this game, yeah. or how how much are you missing him walking around? Generally speaking, well, it, it goes back to a familiar conversation that just doesn't make sense, no matter how many times we have it. If 
There were so many ways you could handle this <laughs> that would have been better than this. Not Chris Paul last night. I'm saying in general, the Suns. And again, we never got any clarity as to if it's Jay Crowder doesn't want to be there or the coaching staff thinks Jay Crowder would be an unwelcome distraction or whatever it is, the front office. But the reality is he's been a distraction this year. He, he has. Yeah. Now, do I think he, it's like, well, they didn't have Jay Crowder, so they're going to lose in the playoffs. No, I don't think it's that. This is all going to get wrapped up here in the next week and a half, I would assume. But if you don't want him around, you should have traded him in September. Because he's still around. Yes. You wouldn't like, you wouldn't get divorced and then and have your new wife move in while your ex-wife is still living there. Be like, oh, this is kind of awkward. We just don't talk. Like, obviously, this is this is hanging over this team. I don't think Mikel Bridges is having bad games because he misses Jay Crowder. I don't think Chris Paul is having bad games. Chris Paul had a good game last night because he's missing Jay Crowder. But they clearly would like him back. They seem to understand, okay, maybe that can't be the case. Yeah. But if that's not the case, then why wouldn't you have traded him? What what additionally are you gonna get out of the trade because you waited three months? You're not gonna you might lose something out of the trade. You're yeah. not gonna get anything additional. What, the fifty eighth pick in the draft? I I don't know how to answer that. There isn't an I, answer. I, I, I know. And, and James Jones is one of the best GMs in basketball. Uh, right, I, but, exactly. But I don't understand this one. No, I, I don't either. Um, it is so bizarre. Just the entire situation with Jay Crowder. And Jay Crowder, I think, would disagree with you. He has come out and said it wasn't about going to the bench. He has said that, right? Yeah. He's I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm, yeah. I'm saying maybe he made it sound like he and the coaches were at odds. Yeah, and I, I, about what? I don't know. (laughs) You know, I mean, think about the vagueness again. About what? This is what I would say. Jay Crowder, and who's Jay Crowder? We, we all feel like we know Jay Crowder. He's a guy that's that is going to show up and give you everything he's got. This is a guy that's going to go up there and and tap into the rage tree and play the game hard. A guy who's going to defend. A guy who's going to get out there and give you everything he's got. A guy that has got a lot of experience and a dog who demands that from everybody else that is around. That is that is my yeah, that's my interpretation too. But we have to be fair here. The flip side might be Jay Crowder at the start of the season was like, I'm not going to play, so trade me. I mean, that, that's it's certainly on the table, and he has given no clarity either, so like, yeah, you, you can't be like, well, you can't think that about Jay. Well, then Jay could say that wasn't it. He could say, this is why I'm not, because the whole idea of like, let's present a united front so I don't kill my trade value, that kind of went out the window when he wasn't playing to start the year. Yes. So, I just, I don't feel like they picked a specific direction here. They were like, well, we're not going to bring Jay back. Or Jay was like, I'm not going to come back. But that's it. We're just going to leave you right outside the arena. So yeah. you're always there to think about and talk about when things go bad. Yeah, I know. It's just, once again, what what was it all about? What happened right there when I think of the coaches and you say, okay, what, what could have possibly happened? What was it over where Jay Crowder would be an insubordinate to Monty Williams or any other coach out there? I, I, I don't really. I don't know. Over what? What? Another player, possibly? A teammate? Was it over a scheme you were running or we, not using we're him? How many teammates? Now, this is Mikel Bridges and Chris Paul in the last two weeks we've Come heard on, say how much they miss Jay Crowder. Right. I, I know. And when you're thinking of those guys, do those guys strike you as team leaders inside that locker room? Yes. Like guys, other guys would look up to. 
and say, wow, that's that's Mikel. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. He's a doggone good player. And oh, by the way, his offensive game is coming along nicely. This is a good basketball player right there. Chris Paul. Yeah. Enough said. When guys like that are, are saying stuff the way they did in regard to another teammate that is out there, you cannot convince me this isn't one of the biggest distractions, and these guys don't talk about it on a daily basis. I mean, to the point where if, I don't think at this point, I don't think it was an issue with a teammate, but if it were, it's somebody far enough down the food chain where they're, you know it's not Devin Booker. So it's not Devin Booker, it's not Chris Paul, not Mikel Bridges. If there was an issue between Jay Crowder and another teammate, if those three guys are telling you to figure it out, you'd be able to figure it out. You know what I mean? How many times have you said every teammate doesn't have to love each other? Right, exactly. So if if, so true. if Jay Crowder and another guy on this team had an issue, but Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Mikel Bridges were at the top being like, no, we need Jay Crowder, you guys figure this out, it would have gotten figured out. I just... If you want to move on from him, or he's yeah. making it so you have to move on from him, I get it, and that's that's fine. But you need to actually move on from him. You don't just you don't just leave him they're, there. They're going to, and I think they obviously they think the trade deadline is going to give them the best opportunity to do it. Otherwise, why would you? You wouldn't. You wouldn't do any of this, Luke. You wouldn't do any of it. He would have been gone weeks ago, months ago, gone. I think they're looking at this, believing James Jones has got to believe he's going to get something else out of this. Something that he wants the more he waits. Because he knows there are teams that do want Jay Crowder, right? It's got to be that. So they're waiting for that pressure point. The trade deadline. You're either going to get it done or you're not. You're going to get what you want or you're not. But he's probably got a deal on the table right now. Either way, it's still one of the weirdest chapters in Suns history, just the way this has played out. Because when last season ended, did any of us look at that team and be like, oh, they got to get rid of Jay Crowder? All this would be cleared up if you just knew what happened. I hope, and I know I said in the past, I, I wish that they would clear it up a little bit for the fans so the fans aren't like, what is happening here? They start winning, it's not as big of a deal. But I hope it was cleared up behind the scenes with the players. I hope it wasn't just yes. like, oh, yeah, Jay won't be coming back. And then Mikel Bridges and Chris Paul have to text Jay to figure out what's going on. Like, communicate this out behind the scenes, at least. That's the reason why, you know, it's personal, not professional. It's personal. Uh, we come back. Dan Quinn removed himself from the coaching carousel yesterday afternoon. Why and what exactly does that mean for the Cardinals now? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.